0: Welcome to the Victory Orlando Church Podcast. We are so glad you decided to join us. We want to help you to know God, find freedom, and discover your divine purpose so that you can make a difference with your life. We pray this message encourages you, inspires you, brings you hope, and builds your faith. Oh man, I'm so thankful just for another day. Another year, new beginnings, and uh, so many great things. All the New Year cliches are great, you know. But I don't know about you. um, I don't want to really be in the same place next week. And I'm not talking about uh, locationally. Like, I will be here next week. Okay, don't worry. Um, I'm not moving anywhere. This is, this is where I'm at. But I don't want to be in the same place in my growth, in my development, in my relationship with the Lord, in my maturity level as a person or in my spirit. I don't want to be in the same place next week. I don't want to be in the same place next month. Or, ne- God forbid, I don't want to be in the same place next year. One year from now, I don't want to be having the same conversations with the Lord, trying to still fix the same things in my life that so I don't want to be different. No, I want to grow. I want to be further down the road. I mean, and not just in me, but in my leadership, because what comes out of me then affects other people. Um, spoiler alert, what comes out of you affects other people too. Not, you know, It has nothing to do with a platform and a microphone. It has to do with being a person, a person that God has called and put on this earth, and that's you. God has called you, anointed you, and put you on this earth, not to just remain, not to just kick back and be like, well, whatever will be, will be. No, God has called us to advance the kingdom of God on the earth. To walk worthy of our calling, and I don't want to be struggling in the same areas that I am this you know, right now. That uh, uh, one year from now, you know, I know many times, you know, in, in our giving or in our serving or in whatever area it is, our Bible reading, our walk with the Lord. So many times, we're like, oh, I want to, I want things to be different. I want to be able to give more next year. And I just encourage you. That's a great place to start. If you don't start with the goal, then then you're just you're not going to accomplish much you got to start with the goal, but then you got to be willing to do the things over the course of the year, make the decisions to get to the place. I love what Marsha was sharing just a moment ago about the environment because it's just so true. You've got to be willing to surround yourself with people that are going to help get you to that place. You know, if you want to become a more successful business person, don't hang around people who know nothing about business. you got to hang around some people who are more successful than you. If you want to be successful in business, same thing. If you want to grow spiritually, then you need to get around some people who are more spiritual than you, who are not just like they have a big Bible under their arms, but they have a vibrant, growing, uh, extensive relationship with God. They're further down the road than you are and allow them to speak into your life. I don't want to be in the same place. I want to accelerate my faith. Anybody else? Come on, I just got to make sure, you know, I want to wake you up a little bit. Uh, 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 I love this scripture, uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 15. Anybody bring their Bible with you to church? Okay, I got one Woo-hoo-hoo over there. We get excited about the Bible in this place. So whether you've got the free YouVersion Bible app and you've got your device out, that's awesome. Or you've got a paper Bible, bring something with you. Bring the Word with you to church. Bring a notebook with you. You know, note takers are world changers and readers are leaders. So bring your Bible, bring something to take some notes with. Um, and, and you can shout a little bit. you got to holler back at your boy. You get a little bit more out of it if you're a little more engaged. Romans 8, 15, verse, uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 15, message paraphrase version says this, this resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. Come on. I don't want a boring, safe, uh, skating by, hope, hope I make it through the pearly gates one day kind of Christianity. You know, that's not what Jesus died for. He says, you, you didn't receive a, a timid, grave-tending life. The life you received from Christ, he says, it's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirit and confirms who we really are. Do you know who you really are? Let me tell you. He says, we know who he is and we know who we are. He is the father. We are his children. Come on, that's a good place to give God some praise. You're a son, you're a daughter of God. He says, and we know what we're, we're going to get what's coming to us. An unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through hard times with him, then we will certainly go through the good times with him. That's a good thing. That's a good promise that we're going to go through both the good and the bad with Christ. But the good news is it's with Christ. You're not alone. I love that. So if you've been in a, stuck in a place Spiritually, You know, it's that kind of mentality where so many people exist in their spiritual life where it's like, oh, little by little, I'll I'll just I'll just grow a little bit more or I'll just I'll just get a little bit closer. But I want to do it at a slow, manageable pace so that it's not too out of control so that I, I can manage everything. And I would guess that if you have been living that way in your spiritual life, you are probably a little dissatisfied. Because. God is not a, a little bit by little bit kind of manageable, slow pace kind of God. What does it say? It says he's adventurously uh, like exciting. There should be this expectation about this relationship we have with God. And, and often we're, we're in that place where we're like, God, I want more of you, but please don't do it too fast. And maybe not in this area, in these areas, because if you do it in this area, then I've got to really deal with some things that aren't going to be fun to deal with. I've got to make some changes that maybe other people aren't going to agree with. I've got to change some some relationships in my life that not everyone's going to understand. It would just be a whole lot easier if you would help me grow without having to change those things. And that's not how growth happens. Growth happens through stretching. Come on, growth happens when health enters the scene. And, um, you know, if you want your body to get more healthy... Two of the best ways to improve health in your body is by changing what you're putting into it and changing what you're doing with it. You're going to have to change what you're eating and get some physical activity going. And I would just tell you this, is that God has called you for more. But too often when we're in this kind of, I want to manage the process like that it's it's that place where we're holding back where dissatisfaction enters in because something has held us back. Sometimes it's a stronghold, sometimes we just refuse to make the decision. But I believe this is a year for breakthrough. This is a year for breakthrough, to move past just the, you know, oh, I want to, I have the desire to, to move into the realm of I am and I'm doing it. I'm growing, I'm changing, I'm living in what God has called me to do. Like strongholds are being broken off of our lives. So today I want to share a message, January 1st, 2023, it's time for breakthrough. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time for breakthrough. It's time for breakthrough. I believe there is breakthrough for someone who's who's ready to start uh, start start talking the promises of God rather than just just reading about them or hearing about them. I believe there is breakthrough for somebody who's uh, ready to start taking their issues to God rather than taking them to other people. I believe there's breakthrough for people who are longing for more of God's presence and are willing to get alone with him and be quiet and hear what he has to say. I believe there's breakthrough for those who are ready to stop fighting for their own way and surrender their will and their decisions to him. I believe there is this, there is this moment of surrender and surrender and breakthrough in our lives. The thing about breakthrough is it sounds amazing, doesn't it? Yes, I'm going to have breakthrough. People want breakthrough financially, right? Like, oh, I'm believing for financial breakthrough or relationship breakthrough or maybe in your health and spiritually. Like breakthrough sounds amazing until it's not. (laughs) Breakthrough sounds desirable until it gets painful. I'll just tell you, if you are going to cross the threshold into a new level, if you are going to break through a level, there is a threshold of pain that is required to break through that level. And breakthrough comes when a person is willing to endure that level of pain to step over the threshold. It's, you know, so so common and you can see it so clearly when people are like, I'm believing for a breakthrough in my finances. And yet, they refuse to say no to all the things. They keep going to spending more than they make. They keep, you know, whatever, like, I, I, want, I want to get out of debt, but they're, you know, they, they're not willing to make changes. Like, you don't have to have Netflix. Oh, got quiet. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, like, there, if you want financial breakthrough, if you want to get out of debt, you're going to have to say no to some things. You're going to have to stop spending some things. It's just that. Most people want to be able to say, I want the breakthrough in this area without doing the hard work, the painful things to cross the threshold of the breakthrough. If you want financial breakthrough, one of the best steps you can get, which is, is painful at first, is to start prioritizing God in your finances. You want breakthrough in your schedule? Oh, I just never have enough time. It's probably that God is not at the top of your time. He's getting what's left over, if any. And if you want to be um god to bless your time then you need to put him at the top and at first that's going to feel painful because there's this natural you've been doing all these other things going somewhere every moment of the day watching some show every moment of the day or whatever it is and in order to make the time to put god first you're gonna have to say no to something else it's just that most people don't want to cross that threshold. They just want to have the, the nice say-so, the nice desire without crossing the threshold. But not this bunch right here. I, I don't know. I, we're, I'm, I love being surrounded by a bunch of people willing to go through some things. I would say it this way. Um, you can choose difficult, painful moments today and reap a harvest in the future that produces what you really want, that's better, that has purpose and vision to it, or you can choose the easy uh, road today and pay more later. Long, a short version, you can, take, you, can, you can pay the painful moments now, better future, or take the easy road now for a more costly future. And um, I just encourage you, man, we're going to break through some things. Anybody ready? Okay. Uh, something that we started uh, before we ever had our very first church service here at Victory um, was we wanted to start every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, we're doing that again. We continue it every year. As long as I have a say, we're going to continue that. The start of every year, uh, we fast these 21 days, give them to God. And uh, this year in January, it's January 8th through the 28th. So that's next Sunday. So you've got a week to prepare. I've been telling you actually about this for a couple weeks. We've had more than a week, but I want to talk about this today. Um, You know, get all your donuts and tacos in this week, and then next week we're going to dive into fasting um, for 21 days. And uh, like you heard in the announcements from Marsha, we're going to be having um, prayer each night starting next Sunday for those 21 days from 7 to 7.30 um, at the Team Center, and you're welcome to join us. I encourage you, bring your kids. Teach them to draw near to the Lord. There's not an age limit on fasting. Teach them to fast while they're young. Teach them how to set the world aside to draw into the presence of God. Why? Because as you raise a child, that's how they will be when they grow up. So teach them now so that they're already accustomed to the stuff of the world is great, but it doesn't really matter that much. It pales in comparison to what I receive when I'm in the presence of God, of being close to my Heavenly Father. Come on, teach them that now, right? Um, and I'm, just, I'm calling our whole church into the season of prayer and fasting. Um, i'm calling us all and whether you call this your home or you're visiting or whatever i'm calling us into the season uh, of prayer and fasting in the season and here's the thing is that um, i don't want you to participate just because everyone is doing it like i would encourage you this week you have a full week pray and ask god god what would you have me to fast what do you want me to do in the season so that I could draw near to you? And when he speaks to you, be ready to be obedient to what he says to you. Amen? That's how we're going to enter into the season. Um, and I believe God will convict our hearts in the season about what we should be fasting in order to draw near to him. What is fasting? Simply stated, uh, a biblical definition of fasting is uh, abs- refraining from food for a season to focus on. Prayer and being in the presence of God that's what fasting is and and so we're going to look at this in, in, in today um, this term fasting um, has has really become more popular and more understood and more known. Over the last 20 years or so, I mean, when I was growing up, not a lot of people talked about it. But it's become more known as a, as a great health benefit. And it really is. There's a lot of health benefits that will happen uh, when you fast. But I want to make sure as we're talking about it, as we're talking about these 21 days, that we understand the purpose. There are health benefits that come from fasting. But fasting comes from an intensely uh, spiritual place. The purpose of fasting is to draw close to God, is, to, is a spiritual purpose. So as we're entering these days, like this is not just like a, a diet, like, like that's fine. If you're dieting or you whatever, know, great. But this, 21 days, is a, has spiritual purpose behind it. We want to hear God speaking more clearly. We want to receive fresh vision. We want to draw closer to the Father so as we move through this year that it's not just another year, but it's a year of purpose. So as we fast, you got to know that fasting, it will change you. It will change you. It will change you and it will change the world around you, right? Um, so I want to talk about a, a couple different, uh, different types of fasting just real quick so you're aware of those different things. And um, you know, you can pick whatever kind of fasting uh, God puts on your heart. But again, I always tell people this, like, like I can tell you the different types of fasting, but you need to pray this week. Ask God, God, what do you want me to fast? Right? And God will speak to you. And be ready to move when he speaks to you to fast. In fact, once he tells you the kind of fast he wants you to do, take some steps to be prepared. You know, like if you're going to be fasting food um meal prep you know make some some recipes go to the store before next sunday so you're already prepared you know all that kind of stuff uh there's lots of great recipes uh for fasting out there where you, if you're you're doing all that you can do that um fasting will cleanse your body and if you're like me and you're a little addicted to ca- caffeine or <laughs> or sugar somebody come on um Then take this next week and and work yourself off caffeine. You will thank me later because if you just try to go cold turkey off of that, there will be some headache days. And we don't, you know, we want you to be prepared and experience the best of this. You know, fasting will produce some hunger in you. (laughs) It will be some discomfort. But look me in the eyes. You will make it. You will make it. Jesus fasted 40 days with just water, and he made it. You're going to make it. So different types of fasting the, one of those types of fast we just talked about full, uh, is called a full or a liquid fast. This is uh, G, what Jesus did um, where you're drinking only liquids. Now, I would tell you this. If you've never fasted food before, don't start there. I mean, if God speaks to you, please be obedient. But, th- um, you know, that's a legit fast. Like, that's serious. And so, um, you know, always before you fast something like that, if you've got, you know, some health things, Please consult with a doctor. That's very important. Another type of fast um, is what's called a partial or a Jewish fast. This is a biblical fast, and this is where uh, the Jewish people would fast from sunup to sundown or from, you know, like 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. They're not eating during that time, so they would eat before sunup and they would eat after sundown. That's one type of fasting that's a, a biblical fast. Another biblical fast is what's called the Daniel fast. Um, this is where you eat no meat, no sweets, and no breads, right? You're drinking water, juice, eating fruits, vegetables, and, and, and nuts, those types of things. Uh, those are some of the most common biblical fasts. A couple other types of fasts that are also effective. In, um, uh, many times people will, will pick a, a food item. So whether you're like they're going to fast caffeine or they're going to fast sweets or they're going to fast spreads or whatever it is, they might pick a a food item and, and fast that. Another equally effective type of fast is what I call a soul fast. This is not food, but these are the things that feed our soul. They feed your mind and your emotions. So that's social media. Woo! That's a sacrifice for a lot of people. And this is not just like, oh, I'm going to take a break from social, no, like, again, this is for a spiritual purpose. And you can do all the studies on how much time a day we spend doing this. What if we spent that time, like, worshiping in the presence of God, studying the Word, like, that's the purpose, right? So maybe it's social media, maybe it's, Games on a device, or maybe it's watching Netflix, or Hulu, or the news, or reading articles on the internet, whatever it is. What's feeding your mind? What's feeding your emotions? What's feeding your soul? And for those 21 days, I'm going to feed my soul from the Spirit of God. When I need to read news on the internet, instead, I'm going to open and read the Word, right? Like, it's feeding my soul. It's a great type of fast to do. And whatever type of fast you choose, make sure that it's the one God is speaking to your heart to do, right? Don't, let me say it this way, don't choose the fast that seems the easiest or the least amount of sacrifice. Okay? Choose the one that God is speaking to you, and I believe God will honor your sacrifice in the season. And fasting, fasting is a sacrifice. It's meant to be a sacrifice. You know, I think, I think too often in our modern Christian world, we want everything to be easy or comfortable, But that's not what Jesus said it would be like when we followed him. He said, if you want to follow me, take up your cross. Then you can follow me. The cross was a place where people would die. And so in this 21 days, yeah, your flesh, your body is going to cry out. Your your body will be uncomfortable. Well-meaning people will try to talk you out of it. What are you doing? What's going on? When you drive past Waterford and Longhorn Steakhouse with the windows down, Oh, you will make that mistake once. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just—it's amazing how good things smell when you are fasting. And get behind me, Satan. You know, God made the donuts, but it's the devil that makes me want to eat all twelve. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. I hope you if you can't laugh at that. I don't know what you're going to laugh at. Um, the Daniel fast is one of the most common types of fast. and um, this is this comes from the Book of Daniel, chapter one um What happened in the story here in this point of Israel's history is that the people of Israel had strayed from worshiping God. They'd begun to worship false idols. And so uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and the nation of Babylon invaded Jerusalem, wiped it out, uh, destroyed uh, the city and the nation, and carried off. He said they brought the best of the best back to Babylon, the best looking, it says, the most intelligent, the most fit with no defects, much like what you see standing before you here today. Y'all didn't have to laugh that much. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. I don't care what y'all say. It says he brought the best of the best of the young Israeli men back to serve in the courts. King Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel and his three friends who had become Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those four guys were included in that group who were brought into the king's palace uh, in order to serve King Nebuchadnezzar in this foreign land. And uh, it had its perks. They were given uh, accommodations in the king's palace, they were given food and drink directly from the king's table. The problem was was that this food and drink had been used in in worship to their false idols. And so Daniel and his three friends, they had a a problem. Their Jewish dietary laws did not allow them to eat that type of food. And so Daniel, not wanting to uh, break his convictions to the Lord, he came to the king's advisor and he said, Hey, uh, because of our religious beliefs, we don't want to eat that food that's provided for us. And instead, let us eat fruits and vegetables and drink water. And after the set period of time, after these 10 days, he says, you can come inspect us and see if we don't look better than everybody else. And um, so the king's advisor agreed. And after the 10 days, he came and he said, y'all look pretty good. And so they continued to do that. And um, when they finally were brought to the king, um, they were found better than everybody else who had been eating everything else. And look what happened. Uh, Daniel chapter 1, verse 17 To these four young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he says, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, so earthly knowledge, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. So it's earthly knowledge, but then there's a supernatural thing going on, spiritual gifts coming out of Daniel. He says, at the end of the time set by the king to bring them into a service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them. And he found no one equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king answered them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in this whole kingdom. Come on, I don't know about you, but that's something I'm interested in pursuing that God would have for my life. Anybody else? I believe that there's this kind of blessing, there's this kind of favor, there's this kind of increase of wisdom and understanding, a tenfold increase of anything the world could offer, any other ability or anointing or gifting that anybody else will try to manufacture, God can pour on your life because of this time of fasting ten times greater than anybody else around you. Come on, you're going to rise to the top. This is God's promise. And I believe that through this time of fasting, I'm believing for this in your life, in my life, and in our church. Come on, notice that Daniel, he was working. He wasn't working in the church when this happened. Sometimes we think that fasting or like God's increase or his blessing is only for people in the church. No, Daniel was working in politics. He was working at what we we would call it a secular job, a secular. He's working for the king, and here he is. God brought him into this place, increased him, made him ten times better than anyone around him, right? And all of a sudden, God brought him into this place because Daniel's bringing a different flow. He brought Daniel into this secular arena to be a light, to change the environment. And I believe the same is true in your life. Whatever arena God is bringing you into in 2023, it's because God wants you to come in and change the flow. God wants you to come in and bring light into that place to be the change that people are longing to see in this world. Come on, and I'm believing for that in your life. That's what happens when you receive this kind of increase in your life. God doesn't just make you better so you can be like, look how good I am. See, I'm 10 times better than that person. No, God raises you up. He increases you. He sets you head and shoulders above everybody else so that people will take note of how good God has been to you so that you can point them to him. Come on, that's the desire of our hearts, that we would draw close to God so that his power would flow through us. And I believe as we target our faith, through this natural act of fasting that God will use our lives to bring his flow to the world around us. Anybody believe that with me? We're going to set our faith on this. And um, I wonder what our lives would look like. I wonder what our family would look like. I wonder what our church would look like, right, if we, if we began to sit down at the table with the Father every day. I wonder what kind of spiritual authority we could begin to walk in if we would just simply quiet ourselves in his presence on a regular basis and stop consulting everywhere else. Like, like that's the purpose in this fasting is that God wants you to walk in authority. God wants you to walk in, with spiritual power. God wants you to walk in confidence. God wants you to walk ready to minister the love and the life of Jesus to those around us. Um, I love this promise of God, Jeremiah 29, 13. He says, you'll seek me. And find me when you seek me with all of your heart. All of it. Almost, It's almost like if he's saying, if you don't seek me with all your heart, if you seek me with half of your heart, you won't find me. If you seek me with three quarters of your heart, you won't find me. If you seek me with 90%, you won't find me. He says, no, you seek me with 100% of your life, you will find me. I love that promise. And then it's no wonder why there's so many Christians who still don't have the answers. Because they haven't brought themselves to this place where God has all of their life. God has all of their heart because they're still wanting to control things. They're still wanting to decide what what the decisions are rather than allowing the spirit of God to lead us even in areas where we don't agree or like, right? God gives us the ability on how much we will seek him. He could have made us seek him with all of his heart because he can do that, but he doesn't. He says, here, come seek me, come find me, and when you do, you will find me like God leaves the ball in our court just for the chance that we would come after him with everything. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. It says without faith it's impossible to please God. Uh, faith, fasting is a step of faith. It definitely is. If you don't believe me wait till day 3 or 4 when you you know wanting to eat something really good. Without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Anybody believe that God exists? Okay, so what's the next part? And we believe that he rewards those who earnestly or diligently seek him. See, that's the part most people don't believe. They believe in God, but they don't believe he's good. And if he's good, well, he might be good sometimes. Maybe he's not good all the time. He's probably not going to do it for me. I know, but no, God rewards those who what? who come after Him with everything, with their whole hearts. These, uh, that's what we're doing in these 21 days. We're coming after Him with everything we have. There's something powerful that happens when we do things in our natural bodies, in, our nat- in this natural world. It affects what happens in the spiritual. That's what this verse is saying, that when we, when we do things, it's going to change the spiritual realm. So the question for all of us to answer is, are we willing to come after Him with everything? I believe that fasting is one key to spiritual breakthrough. In, in fact, anytime you feel like your life is stuck in a place, you can't get out, you're just spinning your wheels, throw your life into a fast. Anytime you feel like God is just too far from you or or you can't hear him clearly, get your life into a fast. Anytime you feel like there's breakthrough but you're hitting your head against the wall, get your life into a fast. There's something that happens in the spiritual realm when we get rid of the flesh for a moment. There's something that when we get radical about it enough to say, I'm gonna turn off the flesh for a moment and I'm gonna get in the presence of God no matter what it costs me, no matter how it hurts, I'm gonna break through this thing and God, I'm coming after you until it happens. It, something happens in the spiritual realm when we begin to walk in faith in, the natural, in our natural bodies. And so today I want to give us uh, four characteristics as we head into the season about fasting, four characteristics about fasting that lead us to breakthrough. Anybody ready for breakthrough? I don't know what the area is for your life, but I know what it is for my life. And I would just encourage you, Like, don't just believe for breakthrough in your life. Like, I'm also believing for breakthrough in our church. And not just so we, you know, our church can grow or whatever, that's great. But what happens when our church grows is that people get connected to God's plan for their life. People find salvation. And so, yeah, I want the church to grow because I want people in our community to find Christ. I want people in our community to to begin living for Christ. So I'm believing for breakthrough in our church and in our leadership. Come on. So like we're going to believe for God in these areas. So hopefully you'll, you'll take note of these things. Four characteristics about fasting that lead us to breakthrough. The first one is this, is that fasting is not about fun. (laughs) <laughs> like, wow, Pastor, that's not encouraging. I know, but it's just true. Like, I, I've talked to so many people over the years, and they're like, they approach it like it's, a, like it's a diet. and what Like, it's not a diet. This is a spiritual thing. I would even go a step further and say fasting is not fun. Your body will be hungry. There will be moments where you're like, why am I doing this? There will be moments when you want to give up, when you want to give in, but be encouraged. You're going to make it. That's why you need people in the church around you to when you can text on that day and say I am I'm, I'm going to get I'm breaking the fast today somebody will be like no yay come on we're going to make it let's go together let's get out some broccoli and some carrots and we'll be fine you know like, you can do it like it's not about fun and we've got to get past the place as believers where our spiritual life is just about the, the goosebumps and the, the good feelings and the comfortable, and the, like, no, that's not what the life of following Christ is all about. The life of following Christ is all about self sacrifice. It's about, you, you know, and please don't hear what I'm not saying, like, serving God is the best thing ever. It's the most fun you'll have in this entire life is, is serving God, is living your, all of your days not to build a career, but to live for your calling. Like, the best thing you can do is to know God. Like, but just I think sometimes we're asking the wrong question. We get focused on the wrong thing. Like, is it fun? Like, that's not the main thing. Like, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have fun. Like, that's why, I like, we laugh in church because it's fun. But the point is not just a, oh, that was a fun service today. No, no, no. The point is, is that we drew closer to the father, that his word came alive inside of us and grew and produced something in us that wasn't there before. And sometimes we just, we, it's, it's easy in our modern culture to slip into this thing of, well, that didn't feel very good. But the Bible says that God corrects or disciplines his sons and daughters and discipline is never fun. You know, it, it, scripture goes on and gives a long discourse about you know your earthly father's disciplined you and how much more then will the will our heavenly father discipline those who he loves and I believe the same is true with spiritual fathers in our life they speak truth into us they correct us in moments not because they're mad at us or disappointed to beat us down like discipline correction is never meant to 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 break down or to hurt right see that's where discipline gets off is that when, when when, parents too often we discipline in anger. We discipline in the moment and as a parent when you do that you're just driving in the anger and the the, the fear into that moment rather than actually allowing the correction to be brought in. That's why you know when we were growing up with, with my daughter Bella, m- me and my wife Heather, we decided we might have been raised a different way. <laughs> uh, but we were going to, when we needed to bring correction and apply the rod of correction, come on spankings, that we were going to not do it in the moment. We were going to stop and allow ourselves not to be upset. And we were going to sit down and apply the correction. Hey, this is what happened, but this is what we should have been doing. And now there's going to be an application of discipline and correction when we bring the spoon to your bottom It's going to drive foolishness out of your heart. That's what the Bible says. The rod of correction drives foolishness out of a child's heart. It doesn't say when you beat a child and they can't walk anymore. That's not it. Okay? Discipline happens because of the love that's in the parent for the child. To raise them up, to guide them in the way that they should go, not just because you're angry they didn't do what you wanted. There's a difference, and so our heavenly Father is a loving heavenly Father, and He disciplines and corrects us, and it doesn't feel great. It's not what we want all the time, but He corrects us, and the Scripture actually says if God doesn't correct us, He says then we're really illegitimate. We're not really sons and daughters, and so I'm thankful for correction. Proverbs actually says don't uh, don't hate correction. I know I know um, you know. So so it's not that it's just. Fasting and serving God is not about just like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna live a drab, boring, I'm just gonna always be down, something's always gonna be wrong, and I just that's garbage. That's the devil trying to convince you to live in, in depression rather than living in joy. And that's the thing, is that some it's so easy for us to get focused on what feels good or what sounds good or whatever. Is it fun? But really, I think we should be asking some different questions like. Is, is there joy in the spirit? It doesn't have to be fun and for me to have joy in the spirit. What is this producing inside of me? Is this producing the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, right? Galatians 5. Or is this producing something else in me? We just need to be asking some different questions. Is God stretching me to do more than I'm currently doing? Or is this just just something I'd rather sit back in and do? Like we just got to begin to ask some different questions. It's not to scare us from anything, but rather to empower you and awaken us to begin to walk in our calling a little bit more. Because there is more in you than you're currently living out. There's more that you're capable of than you're actually walking in right now. And God wants to awaken that in you because there's a dying world around us that needs what's in you. If we were to ask Jesus when he was being beaten and tortured beyond recognition and nailed to the cross, is this fun? Uh, The answer would be no. (laughs) It wasn't fun. But if you were to ask him a different question like, hey, Jesus, um, is there a purpose behind what you're doing right now? Can you see a better future than what you're currently experiencing uh, that will bring joy to you, that will that will cause change in the world? The answer would have been a resounding yes. Why? We know this, uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Let me show you in Scripture, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So, Here's this picture. Uh, I always read this 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 passage of scripture like like a like a coach speaking to an athlete. Hey, you're gonna go into the stadium and there's gonna be people. Can you? We've just all watched the World Cup. Anybody like we've seen the stadiums full of people screaming and shouting and jumping, cheering their team on the field, right? And here's the picture that he's given us. You're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses and this cloud of witnesses that he's talking about. We've just but the chapter before this. He's just gone on at length about all the heroes of faith, who have died in faith and are now in heaven, along with those that we know in our lives that have died in faith and are now in the grandstands of heaven, heaven is on its feet today cheering us on. Come on, you can do it! You can do it! Keep going! Keep believing! Don't give up! Don't stop! You can do it! Keep stepping out! Keep moving forward! Keep praying! Keep going! It's going to happen! You can do this! Heaven is on its feet today cheering us on. And here the coach is, he's speaking strategy to the athlete. He says, hey, there's going to be things that want to trip you up, so here's what you do. Run with perseverance, the race marked out for you. In other words, God has a plan for your life. And you're going to have to persevere through some things. That means things aren't going to be easy. Interesting thing, perseverance is only needed when you're tired, when you're worn out. I ran a track and cross country. And when you start the race, you don't need perseverance because you're fresh. you got all this energy and all this strength. But as you get to the end of the race, your body is tired, just screaming at you to stop, to slow down. And that's the moment when things are painful, when things are rough, when things look like they're bad, that you need to persevere. You need to push through a level if you're going to finish the race. I define perseverance this way, a determined release of strength or energy. You're going to need a determined release of strength and energy to run the race God has called you for. You're going to have to go through some hard things, but we read it today, Romans chapter 8. If you go through the hard with him, you will certainly go through the good with him. Come on, there is better ahead of us. So how do we I know and I know that's I can I can preach that all day, but how do we do that? How do we have perseverance? He tells us in the next verse, fix your eyes on Jesus. That's, that's how we persevere. Okay, I don't know what to do right now. I want to quit this thing. This doesn't seem like, like God, but I keep my eyes on Jesus because he's the perfecter, the pioneer of our faith. For the joy. Everybody say, for the joy. for the joy. Notice it doesn't say for the fun, for the comfort, for the good times, for the good vibes. No, he says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning his shame, and now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So the cross wasn't fun. It wasn't comfortable, but in that moment of the cross, and Jesus is hanging there on the cross to pay for the sin of humanity, it says there was some joy that he could see in this painful, terrible moment. There was joy that he could see, even though it wasn't there. Do you know what the joy was? You. You were the joy. Set before Jesus. He could see people that would give their lives to him for salvation. Sons and daughters being brought into the family of God. People being set free from the bondage of sin. People being set free from addictions and and strongholds that have held them down, held them captive and tried to destroy their life. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured some pain. He pressed through the threshold to get to the other side. So how do we do this in all the stuff that we face? Well, Jesus, is our example, says consider him who endured this opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That just tells me there will be moments when we feel like giving up. Okay, permission to feel, feel that way. Permission to feel tired. But hey, permission to not give up. Permission to not get weary. Like we need the example of Jesus and we need each other. Here's the next characteristic about fasting is that fasting will lead you to new views. Fasting will lead you to new views. As you're going through this season of fasting, so often it's like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing the things, but God, I haven't seen it yet. Something about as you complete the fast, as you get to the end, there's something that breaks through. Think about Daniel. Daniel. Um, there's a moment where he's praying and it says that God sent the angels with the answer, but it took 21 days of the angels battling through the spiritual realm to get to Daniel to give him the answer. Daniel's praying those. There's something about as we push through to the end of a designated time of fasting that all of a sudden there's a new view that God gives you of what you're currently in. There's something about fasting when we get to that place where you've been in a mess. You've been in a place where there's been confusion. There's been uncertainty. I don't know what to do, God. I know you're leading me to more, but I'm not sure what it is. God, what do you have for me in this new year? And there's something about in that fasting season, as you come out of it, God leads you to it And you're like, wow, all of a sudden I can see from a 30,000-foot view instead of the ground view. There's a story of a Native American tribe uh, that lived here in in what we call the United States before it was uh, settled um, and they lived at the base of a mountain um, this this tribe they, they lived there and anytime that they had their their boys would grow up at a certain age when they would be ready to become a warrior in the tribe, to now to become a man. They're moving out of boyhood into manhood to be a warrior, represent their tribe. They had to go through these trials. And the final trial was to scale this mountain and get to the top, make it back down. And they would have an interview, a questioning with the chief. And this mountain was a big mountain and lots of cliffs and kinds of things. It wasn't an easy climb. It was a, a difficult mountain to climb. And many of the, the, the braves would get up there. They would only make it halfway. Many gave up. Uh, many said they completed it but didn't. Many, many took uh, shortcuts or ways out and tried to pretend like they did. And others would actually get to the top. And any time they'd get back down and they'd be talking with the chief, he would bring them in one by one. And he would start asking them questions about their journey up the mountain. And the last question the chief would always ask each of the braves before they could move on, he would say, What did you see at the top? And many had the right answer. Others would like make something up of what they saw. But the chief had been there. He knew the view. And he would say, What did you see at the top? And the braves that got to the top, they would say, I saw something I'd never seen before. I saw the ocean. A great body of water. Like, see, there's something about when you're fasting and you get to the top of the summit. You get to the top. That God gives you a view that you never had before and couldn't be accomplished any other way. See, they didn't realize as they're living at the base of this mountain what's on the other side of the mountain until they went through some really difficult times. I don't know if you've ever climbed a mountain, but climbing a mountain is not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. you got to be prepared. you got to have the right equipment. you got to do things. you got to push through some difficult terrain. But when you get to the top of a mountain, Man, you can see for miles. You can see things like you never would before. And when you look back down the mountain at where you started from, it doesn't look so big or so bad anymore. When you look back down and God brings you to that place and he gives you fresh vision. He gives you new views of the problems you had before. I mean, so often what happens is we're in a place where we think we're deficient. We don't have what it takes. We don't have enough to do the thing that God has put on our heart. And then through a season of fasting... God gives us a new view and we're looking down on what we thought was deficiency and was actually acceleration into what God has called us into. We're looking down on what looks like was a problem and a breakdown and it's actually God has leading us into a new season and he's given us vision for ministry and purpose of what he wants to bring change through our life. We just couldn't see it when we were on the ground level. God wants to give you a new view. I wonder what it is that God wants to show you in these days of fasting that you can't see any other ways. I wonder what view God wants to give you in your your mental capacity, what words God begins to speak over you that no boyfriend or girlfriend, no spouse, no friend, no coworker could say to you. I wonder what view it is that God wants to change in your life as you go through this season of fasting. And I believe it's in this season we're setting some things aside. It's not too outrageous to say for a season God, I'm going to set some food aside for a season. I'm going to set some social media, some good things aside for a season and I'm coming after you with everything. God, I want to see what you have for me. I want to be led by your spirit in this new year. I want to know you more. I want to walk in some authority and some power. God, I don't want my life to fall apart every time a storm comes, but I want to be able to stand firm on your word so I'm willing to set aside whatever it takes to get this view of what you have for my life i would just say the more of ourselves we give to him the more of life you will enjoy come on here's the third characteristic about fasting fasting helps us begin to hear god is a speaking god who speaks all the time to his people okay i got two two yeses over there let me say it one more time god is is a speaking God who speaks to his sons and his daughters, to his people. I mean, just because you didn't hear God doesn't mean he stopped speaking. Just because you didn't feel him doesn't mean he's not there anymore. I've just learned in my life when I don't hear him or feeling it isn't God who has changed or moved. It is me who can't hear him or can't feel him near me. Like, I've moved. Like, I need to move back near to him. Um, When Jesus, the sermons that we have recorded that he spoke, five different sermons, at the end of the sermon, he said these words, whoever has ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, let him hear. Um, You can check this out of your head. You probably have these two things that he said. Ears. Anybody else got ears? You, You go ahead. You can check. Make sure they're there. You probably have two ears, so... That's probably not what he meant. He wasn't talking about these ears. He's talking about spiritual ears. Can you hear what the Spirit is saying? he says, whoever has ears to hear, that means that some will hear and some won't. Some is just in one ear and out the others. Others will grab a hold of it. They'll discern. They'll hear what the Spirit is saying. God wants to speak to you on a regular basis. The thing that fasting does is it helps us turn off all the other voices. Uh, My first car Um, Back in the day, it was nothing special. In fact, it looked like someone had taken a baseball bat to every inch of that car. But, you know, it was great. It got me to school and home and all that. But as cool as my car was, it had this amazing analog radio. Let's go. Those of you who are like analog radio, if you've been born after 2000, just get on Google afterwards and you'll see what I'm talking about. This analog radio had this little dial on there to tune the radio. And as you turn the knob, this little bar moved back and forth to tune in the radio station. And you had to turn the knob just right. And if you turned it too far, you went past the station, it gets staticky again. You had to turn it back and try to get that, that, that bar just in the right space to get the tunes to come in nice and clear. Even in our digital radios today, You've got to put the right frequency in for whatever you want to hear. If you want to listen to, you know, Hot 95.9, you know, you can put 95.9 and get, you know, Lecrae and all those guys, great great hip-hop music. But if you put in 95.7, you're not going to get Hot 95.9. You can be one-tenth of a point off on the frequency and get something completely different. The same is true in our lives. We've got to tune our spirits to be sensitive to the voice of God. It's like, it's like that radio. You've got to get your radio tuned in to the right frequency. And if you get just a little bit off, it's so easy to become deceived. It's so easy. We've got to get tuned in, be sensitive to the Spirit of God, sensitive enough that you can be in the middle of the grocery store or in the middle of wherever you are and hear Him speak to you and be ready to move. We've got to be sensitive to the voice of God. And just sometimes through the natural chaos of life and going through all that we're happening, if you're a person like me, you just find that sometimes it's easy with everything going on, all the things we've got to do and keep up with, that it's just so easy for so many other voices to come in and drown out the voice of God. And sometimes we just need to reset that. You know, the, the thing about a radio is that it can only be tuned to one station at a time. And your spirit's the same way. can only be tuned to one thing at a time. So you're going to be tuned to the Spirit of God or you're going to be tuned to the economy. You're going to be tuned to the Spirit of God or you're going to be tuned to this over here or that over there. Like, we've got to get our spirits back in tune and fasting is a great way to just silence some voices. Say, I don't need those voices, God. I need your voice in my life. Whatever words you're hearing will be what you cling to when life gets tough. So if you're only hearing words of fear and doubt and uncertainty, then that's what you'll cling to when life gets tough or out of control. That's why we need to be hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God so that it builds faith in us. Romans 10 says... Faith comes by hearing and hearing the, the message, and the message is heard by the word, right? We've got to allow faith to grow in us. Whatever words we're hearing the most will be what we cling to when trouble comes. It's no wonder then why so many people's lives are falling apart at the first sign of calamity. It's no wonder then why people feel like when the price of gas goes up, well, God, I guess you're just not in charge of this part of life. No, there is no freak out in heaven over the economy. There is no worry about the price of gas. God is still a provider and he still can provide for you even if the price goes up. Is it fun to pay that much? No. But can God still bring provision my way? Can he still multiply my resources when it doesn't make sense? Yeah. So I don't have to let my life or my finances be driven by what the world says. But when I'm listening to all those things the most, no wonder then why so many people get pulled off by those things because they're clinging to those words. Like I know for us, we're going to cling to what God's word says in life. Here's the last one today. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. Characteristics about fasting that lead us to breakthrough. Fasting is, is not about fun. It's about sacrifice. It's about endurance. It's about purpose. It's about calling. Fasting leads you to new views. Fasting helps us begin to hear. And here's the last one. Fasting breeds passion. My pastor in my life told me it this way. He said, Chris, he said, proximity breeds passion. Distance breeds distortion. So the word proximity, it means whatever I'm closeness, in closeness to, whatever I surround myself or get the closest to. So whatever I get in proximity to will breed passion for that thing. Whatever I'm close to, it's going to breed passion. But whatever I distance myself from, it will breed distortion. Things get out of disorder it gets a little hazy it gets unclear it gets bent out of shape whatever I'm close to will breed passion in me whatever I'm distanced from there will be distortion so when I get close to the Father when I get close to God there will all of a sudden begin to breed passion for righteousness there will begin to breed passion for the things of God it will begin to breed passion in me for the things that God is passionate about but when I when I'm far from him when I'm not in close proximity, to him the things of God will start to look well I don't know about that that looks like legalism I don't really need to read my Bible every day I mean because all of a sudden there's begun to be distortion because I've distanced myself from his presence then it's no wonder why only 20% of people in church are involved then it's no wonder why 9% of people in church are givers why? Because there's distortion because they're distant from the Father. We've got to get in proximity to Him. That's why I love James 4 where it says draw close to me and I will draw close to you. There's something comforting all throughout Scripture that it says as we come into His presence. Psalms, He says, when we come boldly into His presence, there's, there's joy, there's peace. It says that God, He says He covers us with His wings and with His feathers when we're in His presence. He can only cover you if you're close to Him. When you when you can pull close and close and he can, he can talk to you and he can speak to you. There's something about being in his presence that calms every fear. When things are swirling in life and in chaos and when we're in his presence, man, his peace can restore. So come on, let's get to our feet today. I believe in the season that God is wanting to bring us close, closer than ever before because he loves you so much because you're so valuable, because you're so important to him. So Lord, we just come before you as your sons and your daughters, just so thankful. God, you didn't. You didn't have to allow us into your presence. You are the great king. You are the great God. You are the majestic one. And we don't deserve your blessing and your favor. But God, you're so good. You allow us to come boldly into your presence. God, we don't take that lightly. Thank you for listening to the Victory Orlando Church podcast. We hope today's message helps you take another step closer to knowing God and finding freedom through his word.